0: We're going to be in uh, Hebrews 13, Hebrews 13, Martin Luther uh, tacked his 95 theses on the door at Wittenberg, and the world was changed as the doctrine of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone, but for Martin Luther, it was a hard road. Uh, He was uh, opposed, he was attacked, Um, he was actually uh, intimidated by uh, the church he was a part of and uh, had to flee for his life at one point. But God sustained him through it and he overcame. And because they went back to the scripture, God changed Europe, he changed America later on. And uh, we are still reaping the benefits of that today. Uh, You know, I'm convinced that when difficult times come, we don't need to be intimidated by the world. We need to persevere by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit uh, to accomplish what God has laid before us. The scripture says in Romans 8, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And so, here in uh, Hebrews 13, he's actually given some instructions. He, he's told them in the letter itself that um, there, there are challenges that they're facing. Uh, some of them were being tempted to go back to Judaism. Uh, and uh, some of them were dealing with persecution. But he says, look, I, I want to give you some practical instruction to help you overcome In this difficult time that you're facing uh, so that you can win the victory and live victorious Christian lives. And so um, we need, by faith, to live the victorious Christian life God has called us to. And some of the things we're going to look at tonight will help us in doing that. Uh, The title of my message is Overcoming in Challenging Times. Overcoming in challenging times. If you'll look with me at verse 1, let's read this scripture together. Uh, Let brotherly love continue. Don't neglect to show hospitality, for by doing this, some have welcomed angels as guests without knowing it. Remember those in prison as though you were in prison with them, and the mistreated as though you yourselves were suffering bodily. Marriage is to be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept undefiled, because God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterers. Uh, Keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. Therefore, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders who have spoken God's word to you. As you carefully observe the outcome of their lives, imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, overcoming in challenging times, how do we do that? Well, first of all, I want you to say we need to, to keep loving people. Keep loving people. You know, sometimes in a difficult time, the temptation is to focus on what is wrong. Uh, We focus on the problems. Maybe we're even anxious about the problems. We're worried about the problems. Maybe we're praying about the problems. nothing wrong with praying about the problems. But uh, we need to make sure that we do not lose uh, that focus on other people and the love for other people that God has called us to. Uh, we need to love the people of God. Sometimes uh, God's people are easy to love. Sometimes they're not as easy to love. But we need to love God's people in good times and bad. Uh, he has spent some some time encouraging them. They had some who were absentees. Uh, he was he was encouraging them to encourage those people to to be in in the assembly and to to be serving God, uh, but also. Uh, there were some who just weren't fulfilling their potential and so he challenges them he says look uh, uh, don't be dull listen to the lord uh do what god's calling you to do uh, but he he encourages them look you need each other those of you who are strong you need to minister to those who are struggling you need to have your eyes open to them and and so he's he's Again, reminding me, love, let brotherly love remain, he says in verse 1. And uh, he, he talks about uh, showing hospitality. Uh, they would do that a lot of times for the Christian ministers who would come through. Um, and uh, it, those who were, who were strangers, especially in those climates where there's a lot of desert and so forth. There's, it's very important uh, to be able to find places where you can get water and, and shelter. Um, But we're called to love others. And one way that we do that is by showing hospitality. So there may be somebody that uh, God wants you to invite over uh, to your home. Uh, In those days, hospitality would involve um, welcoming that person into your home, uh, usually involved a meal, and an invitation to stay the night. Uh, And the men of the house would sleep out in the open area with the guest uh, in, uh, uh, in that open area uh, until the next morning. And that would probably be weird for us today, uh, you know, if you offered to do that. But, um, but the idea is, the main point is that we show love to other people because uh, God has called us to do that. And sometimes that may mean giving up a little bit of our convenience, a little bit of our uh, routine, to reach out to somebody who is in need. Uh, another thing he specifically mentions is ministering to those who are in prison. This was especially important because they were dealing with persecution. And so in those days, it wasn't like today where if you're in prison, you get three squares a day and cable TV. Uh, in those days, if you went to prison, nobody was the government was, wasn't going to, to feed you or clothe you. Uh, You had to rely on people outside who were friends or family members to bring you what you needed or you were out of luck. And so uh, the Christians had a a very good reputation of ministering to people in prison, especially those in the body of Christ who were being persecuted. And so they would bring food, they would bring clothing, uh, and often would uh, provide the prayers and so forth that would bring encouragement. Uh, for those people who are in prison. So um, uh, this was another way that they could love people in a very practical way. Uh, So you have people around you in your family, uh, friendships you have, uh, maybe work relationships, or uh, what you do in your leisure activity. You know some people there. Uh, Look for those opportunities that God gives you to love people. Uh, and sometimes it could be uh, just being kind to somebody. Other times it may mean share the gospel uh, with that person as you have that opportunity to do so, and that person is open to do so. But we need to be open to God and let God interrupt us in our daily activity to do what He has called us to do. And uh, love is such a powerful thing. Uh, when, when we're loved, uh, it just unlocks all this potential in our lives. And uh, there have been studies done for kids who, who have, uh, if mom and dad will spend uh, just, I think it's eight minutes a day with a child, their grades come up, their behavior's better, uh, they're less likely uh, to be arrested in their youth. Uh, all of these positive things come just from showing a little bit of love the same thing is true spiritually in the church. As we love God's people, it is a powerful thing. And God can use it uh, to really bring some great transformation there. So um, overcoming in difficult times, no matter what may happen in the circumstances in the world, we've got to continue loving God's people. We've got to love people outside the church as well. And the primary way we do that is through seeking to reach them with the gospel although we meet needs and other things as well. So, um, overcoming in challenging times, how do you do that? Well, first of all, keep loving people. Secondly, keep honoring marriage. Keep honoring marriage. Look at verse 4. Marriage is to be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept undefiled because God would judge the sexually immoral and adulterers. So, uh, the challenging times, the world wasn't much different then than it is today. A lot of people believe that the letter of Hebrews was written to a church in Rome. Uh, If that's the case, there were very definitely many immoral activities that took place in Rome. Uh, Immorality was embraced in many ways uh, in Rome, uh, as in much, much of the world of that day, as in our world today. But Christians are called to follow God and, and to honor marriage. I think marriage provides a, uh, a special bond that gives us special stability in difficult times. When, when, when marriage is working the way God wants it to work, where uh, both parties are walking in the Spirit, they've got the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, Uh, and both of them are putting one another ahead of themselves. There's prayer that's going on. Uh, The the Scripture says a threefold cord is not easily broken. When you've got husband, wife, and Jesus, that's a powerful cord indeed. And uh, it helps to sustain through very difficult times. Uh, You know, my wife has put up with me... uh, over the years and has heard me at times uh, in my discouragement or at times in in my frustration. And she has been a support and she has listened to me and she has prayed for me. And sometimes she's told me, you need to get your attitude straight, (laughs) you know, and uh, when I needed that, you know, so uh, and, and, you know, what a blessing that is and and it helps you kind of process things and, and work through things. And a lot of times... Having that someone who, who has those different gifts and a different kind of a different uh, way of looking at things is very helpful in helping you see where you might make mistakes. And so God kind of helps us navigate those difficult times, a lot of times, through a good, strong marriage. And so, uh, also, when marriage is honored, there's not a quenching of the Holy Spirit due to sin. Uh, so at least in that area. So, so that's helpful as well. Now, of course, marriage, we're talking marriage here would be as God defines it in Scripture. A marriage between one man, one woman uh, for a lifetime. Uh, and so um, this, is, this is God's uh, best in His plan. So, um, so to keep honoring marriage, to keep uh, valuing marriage. I, I've talked to, to people who said, you know, uh, I don't really see the need to get married. I think marriage is out of date. I think marriage is unnecessary. And uh, I don't believe that's true. Marriage is a picture of Christ's love for his church. And Christ's relationship with his church. A picture of God's relationship with Israel in the Old Testament. Uh, Marriage is intended to be a picture to to our kids of what God is like. To the world of what Christian relationships are like. Okay, Now, it doesn't always happen that way, but that's what it's intended to do. But it's also intended to bring us a little bit of a taste of the fellowship and the oneness that is found in commitment. That's a very important word. And and that commitment that we make in marriage to one another, it provides a security and a freedom to have a deeper relationship with that person. Because there's a security there. Uh, and so um, God has designed it to bring blessing. The fact that it's sometimes it, that that uh, because of our sin nature and because of the evil one, that marriage can be hard, doesn't change the fact that God had a good purpose for that. And uh, as both parties are, are seeking to walk in him, it can be a, a very great blessing. So... Uh, overcoming and challenging times, how do you do it? Well, keep loving people, keep honoring marriage. Thirdly, keep trusting God. He says um, in verse 5, keep your your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied or content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. Therefore, we may say the Lord is, is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? So he's saying, look, be content with what you have and just trust God. You say, well, I thought there was inflation in the economy. Just keep trusting God. One scripture says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. Uh, well, what about my retirement? I've heard that my retirement's going to lose all its value. Keep trusting God. You see, ultimately, our retirement doesn't provide our security. God does. We're in His hands. And by the way, the government doesn't provide security either. Sometimes you need security from the government, right? Uh, God is our security. So we can be content. We can relax. There's nothing wrong with planning. There's nothing wrong with putting money aside. There's uh, scriptural principles that talk about saving for the future and those kinds of things. But ultimately, we don't put our trust in those things. We put our trust in God. And that frees us. You know, when when things are hard, when you're having difficulty in your life, especially if you're like some of these who in in Hebrews, they had their homes taken. Can you imagine that? Uh, government comes to your house one day and says, uh, "We're seizing your house, and we're seizing your car, and you're out of here." Well, where am I going to live? I don't care. You're out of here. You know, and and that's what they were having. That's what that's what was happening to them. But Paul says, oh, "Look, uh, trust God. He'll supply what you need." And so um, we know that God is able. Uh, I like what he sent Peter. Out when the tax collector came around, Peter, he said, go fishing. Now, that's my kind of IRS right there. You go fishing to get your money uh, to pay. And so uh, Peter goes out. He catches the fish, and there's a coin in the, in the mouth of the fish, and he takes it, and he pays the tax. And listen, God can provide coin out of fish's mouth. He can provide uh, oil that continues on and doesn't fail until a famine is over. He can provide manna in the wilderness. Uh, He can send ravens to feed his prophet. So guess what? God can take care of you and he can take care of me. We just need to keep trusting God. And so when times are hard, listen, there may be challenges. There may be concerns. We take those things to God in prayer. But we ultimately must trust God. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, one way to do it is just to tell God when you're struggling with it. Say, Lord, I, I... I'm struggling with my faith. I believe, Lord, help my unbelief, and God will help you. Uh, Be filled with the Spirit. Keep your sins confessed, and and ask God to fill you with His Spirit, because the Bible says that one of the fruits of the Spirit is faithfulness, or it can also be translated faith. So the Spirit of God can trust through us in the midst of circumstances, and we can ask God to do that through us and, and to give us surrendered hearts and, and trusting hearts so that, that uh, he can give us that peace that passes understanding. So, uh, uh, overcoming in challenging times, how do you do it? Well, keep loving people, keep honoring marriage, keep trusting God, keep remembering your leaders. He says, remember your leaders who have spoken God's word to you as you carefully observe the outcome of their lives Imitate their faith. Now, uh, you you say, well, I've seen a lot of things in the news lately. That God's leaders aren't doing too well. Well, that that is the case in some instances. Um, some believe that He is talking here about those who have led the church and established this church in Rome, who have now finished their ministry and have died and gone to be with Jesus. Uh, these would be kind of your spiritual heroes type of thing. Um, I, there's some spiritual heroes I have that are dead and with the Lord, and uh, I have learned some great things from them. Um, I learned from W.A. Criswell about doing a library and how to study for a sermon and uh, about prayer and uh, some, some of these things. Um, Adrian Rogers uh, was such a godly man. Uh, I think he was just anointed by the Spirit of God, and, uh, and, and he was one of my heroes, Growing up, I saw him stand for what was true and what was right and what was just. And, uh, and uh, you know, um, you say, well, I don't see a whole lot of folks around like that anymore. Well, you may not, but there are some that we can remember, right? And if all else fails, we can remember those that are in the book, right? <laughs> so, uh, and learn from that. Learn from what they did. Learn that from their heart. Learn from their their uh, righteousness and what they did and how they sought the Lord and uh, we we have the great blessing of uh, having books. Uh, we have books that are written uh, by a lot of dead guys, <laughs> right? Uh, people. I could read. Uh, I don't know Martin Luther. I talked about Martin Luther earlier, but I guess what I have read some of his teaching and some of his commentaries, uh, and uh, that's some old stuff compared to where we are today. I mean, this few you know, few hundred years, and so. Um, so, uh, God has given us some ways to do this, but we remember these leaders, and we remember the godliness that's there, and we learn from it, and we put those things into practice. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Now, if somebody's not following Christ, don't follow them, right? Uh if I'm disobeying God, please don't follow me, okay? <laughs> please, please say, I'm not going to do that. That is against the Word of God. Hopefully, I'm not doing that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But when you have somebody who's godly, I, we, had, we, had a, we had an old lady who sat on the front pew of our church. Where the ch- church I served at as a music and youth pastor. My first church where I got a paid salary. It was, uh, I enjoyed that place. There were a lot of really good people there. But uh, she was a, had been a pastor's wife, and, and she, it was so impressive. She never bought, brought her Bible to church because she didn't need it. Whenever the pastor would read the Scripture, I saw her mouthing the words of the Scripture as he was reading it. She had it memorized. Oh, man, what an awesome thing. She was a great, a great uh, prayer warrior, too. And, and I remember that. It still inspires me today. I'm like, wow, what a great godly witness. Um, I wish I had known her husband. That would have been a, been a neat thing to know him. Uh, but, you know, I think of, of uh, people in my past as I was growing up who, who were set a godly example. And, and my, own, my own dad, who's who a pastor. Uh, and I'm so grateful for those people that God has put in my life. And so we remember those things and we learn, he says in verse 7, carefully observe the outcome of their lives and imitate their faith. So there's some, some steps of faith that we see in these folks who are, who are following Christ that we can imitate. Uh, you can also take the word remember in verse 7 it is used in times of in context of prayer, so uh, Paul says, uh, I, "I pray for you whenever I remember uh, these things." And and uh, and sometimes he just says, "I remember you," and then he talks about what he's praying for them. And so it can be used as a way of talking about prayer. So pray for your leaders. Many of you pray for me. Thank you. <laughs> I I will take all of that I could get. Uh, and pray pray for the deacons of our church, and pray for the Sunday school teachers of our church. Because I think I guarantee you, whenever you take a step to to follow Christ and to, to do something that blesses other people, the enemy is not going to like it. And so we need to support each other in prayer. Uh, so um, keep remembering your leaders. In challenging times, it can be challenging for leaders. Uh, you know. Usually, when persecution happens, pastors become a target. Um, they may take people in the church and put them in prison if they're if they're out witnessing or something along those lines. Um, but often, the pastors will get arrested because the pastors are the one who are influencing all the others, right? And so they feel, well, if we can if we can put this pastor in jail, it'll discourage the whole group. And so a lot of times, that's what they do. So. Um, Prayers for leadership are so important. And and also, many times, there are things going on, either in the spiritual realm, that a pastor may be praying against, or there may be things going on in the church that the, the church body doesn't know about. That just a few people know about. And so, uh, praying for those leaders enables God to... It infuses those leaders with power so they can deal with those things that are coming up uh, in the life of a church. And uh, God is really good about doing that. And so so remember, keep remembering your leaders. So overcoming challenging times, keep loving people, keep honoring marriage, keep trusting God, keep remembering your leaders. I love this, what what it says in verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today. And forever. Now I love this and I love the fact that Jesus is unchanging because he's the rock. We can always count on him. He's always going to be the same. He he's not going to change. But I think it's interesting that it is put in the context of remembering others who've gone before. Guess what? If God could use those disciples in the first century, he can use us today. If he could use that leader that you remember growing up, he can use you, right? Uh, And so he's saying, look, what worked in the past is going to work in the present. God doesn't change. Prayer still works. The Word of God is still powerful. The gospel is still the power of God unto salvation. None of it changes. Keep doing the things that God has told us to do in his Word. And, uh, and, and you will overcome in the circumstances that you face. Um, we keep our eyes on Jesus, don't we? Um, and I think uh, in the background of all of these, these practical instructions he's giving is what he has said before about Jesus. That Jesus is utterly sufficient. How can I keep on loving people? How can I honor my marriage the way I need to honor it? How can I fulfill these things and and follow the example of those in the past? I can only do it in Christ's strength. But praise God, he is up to the task. He holds the universe together by his power. He is king of kings and lord of lords. He tells the ocean how far it can go. I can trust Him. And I can overcome as I take these simple steps of faith because Jesus is who He says He is and He does not change and He will always be faithful. Jesus, when He he gave the Great Commission, He said these words, Lo or behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. There will never be a time That we will face in this life that Jesus doesn't walk with us through that season. And uh, because of that, we can overcome even in challenging times. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for uh, sustaining us in challenging times. For providing the power and the grace that we need. Lord, no matter what may happen around us, no matter what the difficulties may be, help us continue to love people, to continue to honor marriage, and uh, Lord, to remember those who've gone before. And God, help us to continue to trust you. Help us fulfill the purposes you've given us to fulfill. Help us to be overcomers to the power of our, our great Savior. And through the Holy Spirit, he has sent to sustain us and help us. And Father, for those who don't know Christ, I pray that today would be the day they would give their hearts to, to, to Christ. And we pray it in Jesus' name.